Hi, I'm Rachel Sun. You're listening to the 7B Podcast. It's no secret that one of the biggest problems for residents of Bonner County is the lack of affordable housing. Now, the Bonner Community Housing Agency is working to try and fix that through a program that would partner landowners and local businesses with planners to develop homes the county's middle-class residents can afford. This week, I sat down with Rob Hart, Executive Director of BCHA, to talk about how the new housing developments would work for residents and investors. I think the first thing is to talk about what it is, mm-hmm. um, because the word, the phrase affordable housing um, doesn't always have a positive connotation mm-hmm. uh, in some places, and this is uh, quite different than um, affordable housing in most people's minds. Uh, the qualifications are that you have a good job and that you can afford a home, whereas a lot of affordable housing is geared toward people that can't afford a home. And so those homes are subsidized either by the state or the federal government or other sources to help people who would otherwise be unable to buy a home. This program is to keep the Sandpoint community together and to keep the, the people who form the fabric of the community, which are the middle-class workers, to keep them here and to support them. Okay. And these are people who make from, I would say, you know, like 30000 up to $70,000 per year mm-hmm. and um, have a good job and uh, are just having a hard time finding a place to live. The Bonner Community Housing Agency is looking into two different modes to provide that housing. One, which will be the first development in the program by the agency, is on a six-acre parcel in Sandpoint and aims to provide housing for existing residents. BCHA has also begun early discussions with local employers to invest in employee housing. One of the projects that we have that is upcoming will be for residents who have been here for a minimum of two years. There will be other projects that are geared toward employers who can't get new employees because they can't find a place to live. Those projects will not be restricted on how long you've lived here, but that you have a valid offer of employment from a specific employer. I've done this before in other places, and... um, what we do is we go to the employer and we ask um, them what sort of salary ranges they are looking to support, uh, and then we reverse engineer that mm. as opposed to reverse engineering median income or 70% of median or whatever the other products we use. under the There's a landowner income housing program and there's an employer income housing program. Right. And they're very similar, but they serve different markets and um, and different needs. And each person, whether it's a landowner or an employer, gets to tailor the program to meet their needs provided. Right. There are some very there are key restrictions. And the key restrictions are thirty percent of your total income is your housing allowance. Mm-hmm and we reverse engineer for that, 
And the other is that they, in the case of employers, they need to be valid employees of yours. You can't take those and then turn them into market rate units. Right. Okay. And in terms of landowners, they need to be local residents, and they have to hold them for a period of years before they can sell them. Would these both be strictly for uh, home ownership, or would any of them, like the employer-based housing, um, apply to rentals at all? They apply be? to both. And, okay. in fact, we, are, we do have a project that is, it is going through the approval process already in Sandpoint. You will hear about it very soon. Okay. Um, and it's all, we've already had our first meetings with the city. It's been received very well. They're um, trying to accelerate our approval process faster than we had anticipated. Okay. Um, it, it's a good thing. I mean, I'm not, not, <laughs> yeah. not doing something that we're objecting to, but we're just um, we weren't quite ready. Right. So we're um, we're trying to catch up with the city and get our app. Um, we've been through the pre-application process already. And we're trying to get our application in as soon as possible. Okay. Um, and uh, that'll be for 49 homes on six acres. So I would say, uh, again, I don't want to get people's hopes up. Uh, we, we, I believe in performance counts. Sure. And I don't like to talk about it too much until we perform. But uh, what we're trying to do, what our goal is, is to have about 20 to 30 units per year that will be available on a restricted basis mm-hmm. in Bonner and Boundary counties. Okay. That's our goal. And we are we are in, on target to meet that goal uh, for the next couple years. But beyond that, what we are looking for is landowners and employers to invest their property with us. And then they don't give us the property... And when I say invest, what I mean is they invest into our programs. Mm -hmm. And we then show them how to add value to their land, add value to their program, increase retention and recruitment of employees by these programs that we have. Okay. And the other thing I mentioned in the the, um, city council uh, hearing uh, was that we're funded partially by the state. Not entirely, but partially. And what that means is that we're able to do our first bit of work with each person for free. Okay. We don't charge them. We're a non-profit developer. And so we will meet with people, we'll evaluate what they are trying to accomplish, and we'll prepare a little draft business plan for them to see if it makes sense. Right. And we do that for free. Okay. Then, if they want to hire us as a non-profit developer for them, uh, we can do that and save them a bunch of money. Uh, this particular client that we're working with now has done that, and we are acting as their um, sort of development arm to help them uh, go forward and, and build these, these homes. The key to this equation is land. Right. If a, And that's why we, we say landowners. But if you're an employer and you don't have land, that doesn't mean you shouldn't work with us. If you are trying to solve a problem, then we can say, here's how much that will cost, and then here's what the return is on that. And right. part of that re- cost might be buying some land. The other thing we're trying to do is to, if we can get 10 employers together and each of them put up some money, a, a modest amount, then we have enough money to buy a good-sized piece of land and build employee housing for all of them. 
and we have identified the land for that. We're just trying to get 10 employers together, and we're already in those discussions. Okay. So that was one of the questions I was about to ask. The other one is, as far as the individuals or companies that already own land, you talked about how to add value to those properties, how they would do that, and kind of the incentive aside from just community investment. Absolutely. So if we take a a typical piece of land where somebody owns five acres and they say, I want to, I want to develop that for market rate housing, your your typical subdivision. Mm -hmm. And a subdivider comes in, I mean, a a civil engineer comes in and he'll draw your roads and draw the lots that are left over. And, uh, and then you start going through the approval process Mm -hmm. and you battle your way through and the city makes you do this and the city makes you do that. The neighbors are objecting and it's a slog. Right. And then you have um, a developer who needs to make a certain return, and then all the real estate agents who are going to be involved every step of the way. Right. So put that on, on one side of the ledger. On the other side of the ledger, they bring in our planning services where we, because of our relationship with the city and the county, who are looking for these types of uses, mm-hmm. and because we're very creative planners at a very high level, we can probably increase the density on that piece of property and get it approved very quickly. Mm. And but without ruining the neighborhood, we're not talking about building, you know, multi-story buildings and big apartment blocks like Mill Creek or anything like that. Sure. We're we're talking about low density but clustered and um and in a creative way to create a neighborhood that might have more units than they otherwise would have gotten from the city. Mm-hmm. So one, in one end, you're getting a few more units. The second thing is the city helps. Uh, we work together almost like partners, and so the, pro- the approvals go a lot faster right. and a lot smoother, and we negotiate ahead of time where we're going to end up and what we're going to do and h- how the city wants us to do it. We follow their lead. So the approvals costs are generally lower. We don't have real estate agents involved. And uh, so there's another five or six percent, and we don't have a real estate developer involved. Mm-hmm. So there's another fifteen percent. So right off the top, we're saving fifteen, twenty, thirty percent of the cost because of the way we do business, because we're a nonprofit. Right. Okay. So there's the difference. Is and so it doesn't mean we're going to do better than market rate housing. What it means is that we can compete with market rate housing. Okay. Gotcha. And and then the landowner says, well, I can go market rate for more or less the same price. Mm-hmm. I can help the community. Mm-hmm. It's an easier decision that way. Rob says something special about the developments the agency will help create is that unlike some other affordable housing, the developments will be unique depending on the land, existing topography, and needs of that development. And not all of these things are always true. Every piece of land has different challenges, and we can't solve every problem, and we can't get the city to agree to everything that we might want to do. Um, so we always have to be agile and flexible and um, ready to say, hey, you know what, on this piece, it, it probably isn't going to work. Sure. Um, so we don't, you know, we don't take on every, everybody that, that asks us to help. That one project you mentioned, the six-acre parcel, are you 
at the process where you're taking applications yet, or is that still down the road? So the way that works is that we will begin taking applications upon subdivision approval. Okay. And we're hoping to get that within the next three to six months. Once the lots are created, the lots are legal, Mm -hmm. um, then we have something to sell. And uh, because these are all single family, so you're you're owning the land. It's not like um, a condominium or something like that. So once the lot is created by the city and approved, then we have something to sell and we'll begin taking reservations. And the way you do that is that you call up the agency. We have a gal named Denise Marley who has been with us for years. She's wonderful. And then she has a little questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And you need to have with you evidence of your income. You need to have evidence of uh, employment and a thing called a police letter, which is easy to get if you're in a citizen in good standing. Right. Um, and um, those three things, then if you qualify, then we, using your income, we say, hey, here are the products that we have that are available. Mm-hmm. Because there's a wide, wide range of them, everything from... This one project has single-family homes, uh, townhouses, twin houses, which are like like two townhouses together, um, but only two, so that you have a side yard, front yard, and rear yard. And there are apartments. You asked about rental. We do in this project that's coming up. We do have four apartments that are rental apartments. So there'll be a little bit of rental and mostly for sale. Okay. Um, and then we say, hey, here are the ones that meet your income. And then you say, okay, I'm interested in this one. And then you go out and get a pre-qualification letter from a lender. And then we take your application and we present it to the, to the landowner. Mm-hmm. And she has the final say on all of them. Um, and sometimes, you know, people write a little letter or something that say who they are. We have to be very careful because we can't discriminate. So if somebody came in and they were not a Bonner County resident, but they wanted to apply anyway, we would accept the application. We have to. Right. Um, but we are allowed to give a preference to Bonner County and Boundary County, and we believe that there will be enough local people that apply that we will be able to fill out the list with our preferences and not go into the ones that are from out of the area. This is a, a project that is getting better by cooperation. Right. In other words, we had a, a meeting with the city, and the city's – see, one of the things we're doing is we're going to be um, dedicating a city park, okay. which is a big deal in North Sandpoint because there aren't any, aren't any good parks in North Sandpoint. And so we're um, offering a park, and then they said, well, what about if we did this? And then we looked at some roads. We're building some roads, and what if we did this? And so they came up with some ideas that actually helped our, make our project better. So yeah. we're going through the process – of revising what people may have seen or heard about it right? to, to make it better. And so that's why we're, we're kind of holding our cards a little bit close mm-hmm. until those drawings are done. And the other thing that we're doing that hopefully is going to be different is right now we have crews out there. They're surveying all the trees because we don't want to cut all the trees down. Right. Like uh, if you look at other projects up in the north standpoint, you'll notice that where there used to be a whole bunch of trees, like on the old University of Idaho property, mm-hmm. they're all gone. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to do that. So we do a thing that's called start slow and finish fast. Okay. So we are inventorying all the resources on the land. We're, we're surveying the trees. 
And um, so that, by taking that care, it takes us a little longer. And people, <laughs> I get this the same question all the time. When can we, when are these homes going to be available? Right. Well, it's we want us to do it right. And yeah. so it's going to take a, a few months, three to six months before they'll, you know, we'll have subdivision approval. But it's because we're being careful. Uh, what I would really want to leave it with mm-hmm. is we are actively looking for more landowners. Okay. Um, because this is a problem where we see people coming in and putting in these subdivisions that are just cookie cutter homes out of a plan book, all the same, all in a row. Although the housing agency is still in its early stages, Rob says they are looking for landowners and businesses to invest in their programs. And the land's only around once. Right. You know, you don't get a second chance. And um, we just hope more landowners will, will want to be creative and create more attractive neighborhoods that have a more traditional and historic feel and, and not these um, planned subdivisions that are all straight streets and plain book homes. That's all for today. Thanks for listening and join us again next week for another 7B podcast.